Hello and welcome to a special edition Scottish Antipost podcast from Gambler. I'm Selectabet and as ever I'm joined by Greg Browning as we have a look ahead to the Scottish season. Greg, not long now till it all kicks off. No, it's not. Just under, what, nine days now. Um, it's been a very, very quick summer and we've had the delights of the Scottish League Cup <laughs> occupied. Although I can't see, I can feel your inverted finger commas going there when you're seeing the delights of the, the League Cup. We'll oh, it's on. been a shambles, an absolute shambles. The Scottish okay. League Cup. We'll go into that shortly and, shortly and let you blow uh, off a bit of steam uh, yes, as we discuss some of that. But we are delighted to be joined once more been a while by a man who sits on the other side of the fence. It's founder of the Scottish betting site, mcbookie.com, Paul Petrie. How's it going, Paul? Yeah, very good, Paul. Thanks for having me. No like worries. Greg, getting stuck in about the League Cup, but it's not been, not been a great start at all. From a bookie's point of view? No, it's been a great start from a bookie's <laughs> point of view, because all the favourites can be, but it's been, it's been a quiet start, though, so it'd be better if there was more activity and then we'd really be able to take advantage of it, but... Um, too early in the season to be kicking off the League Cup action, but at least it's, it is competitive football rather than pre-season friendly. So it is better being able to to offer markets on that. I mean, yeah. the, trying to bet on these pre-season friendlies are a, an absolute minefield. So at least now we've got competitive action to get stuck in about. Yeah, you say that though, Paul. It's been a bit of a bloodbath, Greg, hasn't it, for punters? I mean, it's not been much better than pre-season friendlies. To, to be fair, I think the pre-season friendlies were better than the, the League Cup. I think if you look at St Johnston under Callum Davidson, Stephen Robinson at St Mirren and Lee Johnson at Hibs, we're not even into August yet and there's three managers sort of under pressure but they're a terrible start, an absolutely terrible start. Hibs last night at home to Morton was unforgivable. This is a Morton side that lost 2-0 at Clyde eh, at the weekend, a Clyde side who Hibs beat 5-0. So there's been lots and lots of matches in every round of the group game so far. St Johnston slipped up twice against Annan and Queen of the South. St Mirren lost to Arbroath and lost to Airdrie. Hibs lost to Falkirk, drew last night with Morton. Ross County drew a Bucky. Kelly drew it home to Thistle. Um, Morton lost away to Clyde. There's been every game, round of games, there's been shocks. And I'm just delighted that we've got one round of games left. That said, it's quite an attractive card this weekend on the basis that it's the last round of the games and you've got clubs all fighting to win the group or finish as one of the best three runners-up. So hopefully it may be a bit kinder to us on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's in Aberdeen's probably the only Premiership team that's not suffered defeat to a lower league team so far or dropped points anyway. Yeah, they're on nine points anyway, Aberdeen. I think most of the other clubs have at least lost or drawn. So it's not been a happy start for the, the Premiership clubs. And quite yeah. a few teams obviously already knocked out, which mm-hmm. is pretty grim to be fair. You're looking forward to a cup run and you're not even getting to a knockout stage of the cup in the first place. No, but at least you're getting two, three, four games out of this minimum. So it's probably better than nothing. Um, and I guess from your point of view, Paul, it's not really captured the imagination you were saying in terms of punters getting involved in this League Cup at this stage. No, still, it's been very quiet from a turnover perspective and from a customers get customers getting involved, just even having small bets. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. Punters like a full card to to bet on for their hackers. They don't like being given fifteen games and saying, "Right, you've got to pick your selections from them." Very, very hard to do that. Um, you always like to 
base it over the, the all the leaks. So I think that's one reason why why punters haven't been getting involved. And still, although the competition has been going for a few years now in this format, it's still it's still difficult to to know how teams how seriously teams are gonna gonna yeah. take it. I know Greg saying that that teams want a cup run, but but they're also still getting geared up for the the start of the league season. Mm-hmm. And, and because the games are so quick and fast, they are resting players. They are uh, given uh, an opportunity to to trialists again get involved. I know, I know trialists can't necessarily get involved in this this competition, but they're they're signing them the day before they're they're due to they're due to play. Yeah. So it, it makes it difficult for for uh, for the punters to really get involved. And I guess, Greg, we're kind of trying to look for some early signs, particularly from an anti-post point of view at this stage of the season, just in terms of what teams look as if they've got themselves together so far. You've already yeah. hi- highlighted a few teams who look as if they're, they're struggling. But there's so maybe as we go into League One, League Two, there's a few teams who have probably overperformed so far as well, which we might touch on. Yeah, there is. And I think um, if you're on Twitter, I think Neri's toe poker is a, a great uh, account to follow. He does a cracking job probably the best job of anyone uh, I've seen anyway in terms of tracking who has left, who has been signed, and he does that for each club across all four leagues. So that's been an invaluable tool for me anyway in working out who's left because some of the clubs have lost like 18 players. Peter Head, for example, lost 16. Stenhouse Moore lost 17, I think. So it's been massive turnarounds at a lot of clubs and it gives you an idea as who's lost who and who signed for who too. Yeah. Okay, so... During the course of the podcast, we're just going to have a wee look, predominantly, I guess, at the, the Premiership um, in terms of some of the markets there. We'll have a wee look at Championship League One and League Two, and uh, we'll just work our, through, our way through where we think there might be some value. Um, before we kind of get there, Greg, can I say in last season, there was a few, there was a potential to put an ACA together for, for the leagues this season, particularly League One and League Two look really tight in terms yeah, of absolutely. You know, who might come up and who might win. Last season, I think every man their dog was in Kelty Hearts last season at, what, 64. Um, I think Cove Rangers were very popular too, and Kilmarnock were the standout bet. Although they huffed and puffed to the championship, they still did the job, and Celtic um, probably surprised me a few people in winning the league back from Rangers. But this season, though, again, Rangers-Celtic, we'll touch upon that in a second in terms of the pricing, but looking through the other three leagues, Dundee are very, very short. And what I have to say is a very, very poor championship. I think it was very poor last season, expecting it to be poor again. League One is probably the most fascinating league, I would yeah. say, in terms of who's in there. Some massive clubs, Dunfermline and Falkirk leading the betting. But you've also got Kelty Hearts that have come up from League Two and probably shouldn't be disrespectful to Montrose and Airdrie, who had cracking seasons last season. But when you get into League Two, as the betting will suggest, nobody really knows who's going to win that league, given the fact that you've got probably three or four clubs all around about the same price, the 4-1 mark. Bonnie Red Rose have come up from the Lowland League, have started their campaign in the League Cup pretty well, to be fair. Mm-hmm. They've um, given a good uh, display so far. So another club that's come up through the pyramid system, like Kelty Hearts, like Cove, who could do a job and go up again. So, very, very difficult. I don't think there'll be many uh, big bets on who's going to win League One or League Two or the Championship, to be fair. Yeah, and we 
at some point we will review <laughs> what we say in this podcast. So <laughs> so be warned and uh, let's hope we don't go for a, a Dunferman. I think there's quite a few of us on Dunferman. I think last, last season quite a few people back Dunferman, but I think we were all over uh, Kelty Hearts last year. And yeah. obviously I was on Kilmarnock to win the, the championship. So I think you've got Ant Post, but you've also got halfway through the season is also a good point to work out who you think is going to improve or, or get worse, especially when you have the January transfer window. So it's not just about now. You've, you've also got during the season to to pick some kind of end-of-season bets too. Yeah, I'm just looking at last season's League Cup tables and Fernand finished second of their group, having won three out of the four games. So you can kind of understand they flying, why they? we're kind of... <laughs> last season. They were absolutely flying, scoring goals. Todorov scored about 10 goals in the, uh, the group games. But yeah, it doesn't really give you much of a gauge at the moment, does it? So a note of caution, yeah, let's not uh, lean too heavily on some of the forums so far in the, the League Cup. Uh, OK, so we'll have a look at the Premiership. Might as well start at the top, eh? And we've got a poll every year, Celtic v Rangers. Um, Celtic favourites 8-11, to 11, you've got them priced at. Rangers 5-4, to 4, you're not giving much away there. Um, I think it's going to be another fascinating title race at the top of the table. Yeah, 100%. Uh, as you say, not giving away too much. But that is top price both teams, unless I'm mistaken. So it's giving away you know what, better Paul, than, I was going to say to you, than most give, of the give bookies. the man a break. Top places, best place on the market. He's a bookie, he's a bookie. come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, we, it's 8-13, most places, but Paul's got to price the 8-11 for Celtic. Yeah, so I think we've done that because there is, there is not too much between them and the table, the, the prices could easily flip-flop if one of them gets a win the first weekend of the season and, and one of them drops a point. Um, I was disappointed with the, the, the way that last season went and trying to suggest that, that Celtic have turned some sort of miracle around by by able to win win the league. I mean, the gap wasn't too much between Celtic and Rangers, bearing in mind that Celtic had won the league so many times previously. I granted that, that, that they had a slow start under under the new manager, but you could see that the signings that he made were, were good players and were, were good additions to the, the, the team. I think the Japanese players getting another... another uh, another season under their belt. I think they lost a bit of their fitness after coming in, but I think now that they'll have that pre-season under their belt, I think that'll stand them in, in good stead. Rangers have made a couple of new signings that we just don't know how how well they'll do. And I think yeah. that's that's probably why why we've made Celtic favourites, because they made their new signings in the January transfer window and then they've now signed them they've signed them for for uh, the signed apparently Jota and, and and Cameron Cameron Vicker, so it looks a more it looks a more solid squad that that Celtic have got more consistency in in, in their squad, um, but I like the look of some of Rangers signings, and so it'll be interesting to see see how they got on. But as I say, this market could flip flop within within a couple of weeks, depending on on how the teams start, and uh, at the moment people are putting Celtic in their arcas just because they're, they're the short price favourites, but. But that could change quite quickly. I think that's fair, to be fair. I think Celtic being favourites is understandable, as you said, Paul, based on the fact that they have recruited their players from January. They are the current champions. Rangers obviously missing now a few key players in terms of Bassey's going to the Ajax for some really good money and Aribo's away as well. So they were two massive, massive players for Rangers last season. And it'll just be interesting to see the new recruits, how they adapt to Scottish football. So I think for me at the moment, Celtic are rightly favourites, but it can chop and change, as you said, Paul, quite quickly. Yeah. I think what's interesting with the Rangers squad is they probably expected a, 
a larger turnover of, of players potentially. You know, you had potentially Alan McGregor leaving, Stephen Davis, Goldson. They've all stayed, albeit the first two are another year older, I suppose. So it's probably less of a, a kind of rebuild than they thought might have had to happen at Ibrox this season. Definitely, but they're also struggling for injury still. So that, that could be the main problem for them. We don't know when Morales is going to come back. Looks like Kemmer Roof might be injured for the for the start of the season as well. So that, that still puts pressure on, on their new signings, Kolak and um and and the other guys that they've signed to see see how well they'll do. Rangers loan signings in January were, were pretty poor compared to Celtic, so they needed to they needed to look elsewhere for, for new recruitment. Um I mean, I know we'll maybe come on at later, but Kolak at twelve to one with with another bookie for top goal scorer. We're only seven to one. I think that that represents good value, but it also could be the worst price ever uh, because <laughs> he's, again, it's one of those players. You just think to yourself, how could Rangers sign strikers who aren't able to bang in twenty goals a season with the amount of chances they get, but yeah. then they sign guys like Sakala and and he's just not capable of doing it. Kolak has started his pre-season games quite well, and and, and he might just be the, the guy that, that does it, which then means that twelve to one really should be eleven to two if Morelos doesn't come back quite quickly. And obviously, there's a long time to go before the window closes, and with Rangers having that what twenty-seven, twenty-eight million pound in the bank off the back of Aribo and Bassi moving on, it'll be interesting to see how much of that is actually put. Into the into the starting eleven of the, the playing squads, I, I'm not convinced about some of the signings. I guess and it's probably because I don't know too much about Tom Lawrence or Ben Davis. Um, as you say, Colac started this pre-season pretty well. John Suter's obviously joined from Hearts on that kind of pre-contract from last season. So I think there's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing done between now and the start of the campaign. Still, and in terms of from money that you've seen so far, Paul, where's most of that come from? Are people tempted in by the five to four on Rangers? No, most of the activity has been on on Celtic again, only on in, in Arcas. Not many people are getting involved in the in the singles on, mm-hmm. on this market yet. Getting, probably waiting to see how how the season starts. So um, at those short prices, it's it's mostly mostly Celtic getting included in the accumulators. It's yeah. not a market I tend to get involved in. To be fair, out of the Scottish Premiership, who wins? I think it's often a toss of a coin sometimes yeah. between the two. It's, for me, it's, it's a market best left alone, I think. Yeah, feels more like a fan's bet, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Interestingly, though, there is a, a more interesting market, I suppose, which is betting without Celtic or Rangers in the league, Craig. Um, last season, that would have been won quite handsomely by Hearts. Uh, not sure what kind of price they were. I don't know, Paul, would you know that off the top of your head? Ooh, I'd be, I couldn't Big. remember off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. It'd be decent yeah. yeah. Um, and that's one that you're quite keen on, Greg. Yeah, it's a market I've been doing for quite a few seasons now. I think we've had quite a bit of decent success with it back in Aberdeen and Hibs um, over the last couple of seasons to finish third. I think this season's a bit more difficult because Hearts did have a fantastic season last season, but you probably have to factor in as well that Aberdeen and Hibs were just so poor. So on the on the face of it, Aberdeen have strengthened. They have obviously brought in some great money. Um, from Lewis Ferguson and from Ramsey. Yeah. So what, seven million pound for those two plus add-ons. They've spent not far off two million pound, I think, so far on uh, new players coming in this summer. So a bit of an unknown how Aberdeen will do this season. One thing I can guarantee you, though, and it's a guarantee, they will be better than last season. 
<laughs> Aberdeen. Yeah, I seem, um, to remember, I seem to remember some optimism around about this time last year as well, Greg. Um, you know, I think they'd started a kind of pre-season quite well. I think they'd won their first round in Europe as well, and then it all just kind of fell apart, didn't it? It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you, you should know. Yeah, exactly. Myself and Sibling fans are all uh, giving it, oh, the season was finished already. But I, th- I think it's going to be very tight. Hearts are favourites at 5-4 to four to finish third, or best of the rest, however you, you want to put it. I, th- I do think there's a very good chance that will happen, but I don't think it's a great place, though. And I don't think it's a great place because we still don't know how much better this season Aberdeen and Hibs will be. Um, Hibs started off their campaign with a 5-0 home win against Clyde. And all the Hibs fans were getting very, very excited. Mm. And that excitement has soon evaporated. But I do think there's a bit of Sorry, value. Greg, that, that excitement that someone messaged us asking for a price on Hibs to win the treble. <laughs> now, um, whether that was a Hearts fan just wanting to put something out there on the internet... Um, I mean, I couldn't believe, couldn't believe my eyes. I thought the guy, I was having to check to make sure it wasn't April the 1st. And did you get um, a price? No, no, didn't, I, well, I, didn't, I said, no, <laughs> we're not offering a price on that, I'm afraid. Um, just, I mean, you could get any price you want. The double in itself was, the double, the one in the cup double, I think, was 10,000 to one or something. It was just, it, it was just a ridiculous price that we would have, would have been putting out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a difficult start for him so far, eh, Greg? It has, and one thing as a new manager is what you don't want is the fans starting to turn after three games. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I know it's been cup games and they're still bedding in, but still, last night was a disgrace. They lost at Falkirk, and they've only got, what, a couple of decent wins against Bonnie Rig Rose and um, Clyde to show for their trouble so far. They travelled to St. Johnson on the first day of the season. So, I don't want, nobody wants to lose that game between Callum Davison and Lee Johnson, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, but in terms of the betting for this market, though, I think Aberdeen at 9-2 is a very interesting price. I think it's a value bet, to be fair. I think Hearts are rightly favourites at 5-4 to four to finish third base in last season. But I just think there's a there's a better price and a better bit of value there on back in Aberdeen, given the fact that they have recruited well, spending a bit of money. And there's every chance that will be a hopefully a very interesting battle between those sides at the top end of the table. Yeah, Paul, what's your take? Being on Aberdeen, I think Jim Goodwin and went in there, was it midway through the season, probably? Um, it feels as if he didn't really make much of an impact between then and this, the end of the season. No, he didn't. And when we were doing the first manager leave his post and we've put Goodwin in at 21 and already people are saying that that could be a big price based on, mm. on how he ended last season. But for mm. me, I love Jim Goodwin as a manager. Did such, did such a great job at Alawa was doing a good job at St Mirren. I don't think they would have ever been under relegation problem if he'd have stayed there for the for the whole whole season and may well have even made the top six finish. Started the cup game so well. I know we've already said don't read too much into that 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 form, but I think think the signings that they've made, the the way that they've been playing, I, I agree with Greg. The ninety two on offer from from the other bookies is looks far too big. I mean, we cut them in based on the, the cup activity so far, but some people have still got Hibs as second favourites in, in that market. We've cut Aberdeen now into to ten to three. Four to nine to finish in the top six, I think, is a is a great bet as well if you're prepared to put down a, a fair bit of money for a and, and wait so long on it. But I just think that the the good thing about this market as well, like the this the, the premiership market, it'll flip quite quickly depending on how, how well the teams start. 
and because it because it is so competitive and Aberdeen could be in a favourites within a couple of weeks and then it gives you a chance to to maybe back one of the other teams as well. So mm-hmm. um, it's always good to look at a market like that because you're really writing off a lot of these teams unless there's major, major shock like happened last season when, when Aberdeen and Hibs were so bad. Because, I mean, you're looking at Kilmarnock 25-1, to 1, Livingston 14-1, Motherwell 14-1. For me, it's, it is a, it's really a two-horse race, Hearts and, Hearts and Aberdeen. Um so getting ninety two on that, I think, I think represents good value. Yeah, well, I was going to ask: Is there any dark horses that we should be aware of in this market? I mean, no one got close to to Hearts uh, last season. The United finished fourth, but they were still a good thirteen points behind Hearts. So it feels like I don't know. Are we saying Aberdeen are the only team capable of closing that kind of gap? If anyone, it could be Dundee United. Jack Ross has obviously got a, a good managerial reputation. I think they've made some some decent signings so far in terms of getting that the boy Levitt back yeah, from yeah. back from well, on a permanent deal. Stephen Fletcher, I mean, he's knocking on a bit, but you'd like to think he's still capable of of scoring goals um, in the Premiership. So could be a bit of value there, but of course it's only one only in this in this market. So um, yeah, just have taking taking fourteen to one's probably probably not worth not worth your, your while you'd be as well waiting because even if they get off to a good start they'll still be seven or eight to one um after a couple of weeks so that's then if you think that they're going to have a good season you could back them then obviously they've got europe as well whether they'll manage to go on a run or not you don't know but yeah. that could be hearts undoing because as we've seen the the teams playing in the europa league having to then play thursday sunday has had an impact on on celtic and rangers in the past so what that has an impact for... on Man City and Barcelona. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so what it could do for Hearts, you could imagine they, they with, with the, the the size of squad that they've got, it could be could be really massive for them. So, I'd actually just thought about that for a, another angle on Aberdeen, but but that 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 actually makes lots of sense. Yeah, and I'm right saying they're guaranteed group football Hearts one way or another. Yeah. So, which is massive for them and, and brilliant to see from Scottish football, you know should have three teams playing group football across the, the European midweeks. But yeah, as you Definitely can say, really I think Hearts yeah. uh, away from home next season after a tricky away trip to some <laughs> far European Azerbaijan. Country. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, then yeah. go away to Ross County for a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. Yeah. So all that's to be factored in. But yeah, I think Paul and I are on the same page here and that there's definitely value on back in Aberdeen at 92. Yeah, just not with McBookie. Am I right, Paul? Yeah, no, we're, we're ten to three, uh, which which is the shortest price actually. There's fours by another bookie, and interestingly, Bet three six five aren't even odds odds checker with their, their Scottish anti posts. So um, you'll have to do a bit of digging around to get those prices. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair amount of agreement there on Aberdeen without Celtic Rangers. In terms of the top six, then um, how, I'm just looking at how that finished last season. It's a shambles, that's what it was. It was a shambles. <laughs> Ross, Ross County ended up finishing sixth, but it was all about the kind of match day 30, was it? Am I right? 31? Uh, that must have been, can't remember. When it all, it all kind of sorted itself out, because that's where the excitement was further down the table last season, Greg, was who was going to finish in the top six, and it was any Yeah, match day 33, Motherwell 33. had won once in about 55 games, and they went to Livingston. I think scored a late goal and winner to, to get top six. Dungeon United had done a lot of good work at the start of the season. So Dungeon United's early season form, and I guess Motherwell's early season form, 
mm-hmm. got them into top six. And Ross County, who were struggling at one point um, at the start of the season, really tough start for Malcolm McKay's side last season, went on a good run as well. They were flying mid-season last season, uh, Ross County, and they got into the top six. But it was probably the lowest points haul of any sides to get into the top six, especially United finishing fourth with just 47 points, I think it was, or 48 points. Yeah, and as, so, we're, as we're recording this, Motherwell are playing European football tonight, and that just blows my mind considering where they were. They went from January to April, four months, I think it was, three, four months, and they only yeah, won, they only won one, one game. I've been quite critical of Motherwell on, on social media, but to be fair to them, as I say, at the end of the season, the league table does not lie. But I guess the point I'm trying to make was it was a very, very... It's the poorest Premiership season we've seen. I can never remember. Uh, do not expect it to be this poor this season. But what it does do, though, is with Aberdeen strengthening, Hearts will be up there again as well. Hibs, you'd expect them still to be top six. What it does do, it only leaves one top six place left for me. Yeah, yeah. And you've then got, what, seven other sides. You could probably rule out some sides. So I would rule out St. Johnston for one. I would rule out um, St Mirren. I would probably rule out Ross County again. I don't know how they're going to get on this season, having lost Charles Cook. And I would probably rule out Livingston, who we'll touch upon in a minute. So it only really leaves a couple of sides, really. Who's going to make the top six between what? Dungeon United, Kilmarnock, Motherwell? It's, it's, it's difficult. I, I, I couldn't call it. Yeah, I think when you, when you talk about it like that, you know, obviously there are only six places. Celtic Rangers leaves four Hearts Aberdeen, for me, I don't know that you could guarantee Hibs would be in that top six, but yeah, it's a fairly limiting market when you start to rule out uh, teams as well. Um, in terms of money, Paul, you see much in this market at all? No, it's been quiet. Again, these are the sort of markets that people will include in their accumulators just in order to to pump up the, the, the potential winning. So if yeah. you're able to, to add in Aberdeen at four to nine, but we've got them at, at two to five, Hibs at four to nine, Hearts at one to six. I mean, if you're looking at 10 one to six shots that you think you could pull out, then then it, it starts getting you a decent, a decent accumulator bet. Uh, so that's where these markets are, are, are involved. And I, I'm not a big fan of them from a bookmaking point of view for that very reason, mm-hmm. because people are adding them in team to finish in the top half of the, the English Premier League team to finish. I mean, I know Greg's got a, a good bet for the, the bottom half of the Premier League. We actually don't offer that market for the reason that one of the fact that teams could lose points on on uh, deductions and what have you. So it, it makes it a, a difficult market to price up. I mean, we've got a price up markets like relegation and what have you. But there was Derby County last season getting yeah. a massive a massive points deduction. And if you're not on the ball and then people are able to take advantage of, of stale prices, then it's it, it, it makes it quite difficult. So so we stay clear of these markets, but but punters like to put them in their, their accumulators if they could find four or five that think, yeah, do you know what? That that, that represents a bit of value. Yeah, what I would I mean, say is if you're looking for an investment bet and you're happy to wait the full season for it, bearing in mind you're not going to get any return from the banks. The four to nine in Aberdeen top six for me looks nailed on. Um, I can't see Aberdeen not finishing top six. As we just discussed a minute ago, I'm fully expecting them to be kind of sitting third or fourth. So four to nine in Aberdeen to finish top six is banker material for me. Yeah, and I was going to say, Paul, you know, as much as he hates this market from a bookie's point of view, when you look at last season, 
I don't know what price Aberdeen Hibs would have been, but they must have saved you on a few acres if people are including them in markets like this. Yeah, definitely. So, so occasionally it'll work, it'll work in, on your your behalf, Paul. So yeah, um, sometimes you're looking at it and thinking, yeah, there's a bit of value there. I mean, last season, people like to combine the two markets because they're looking at it and they're saying, right, if Aberdeen are two to five to finish top six, then what price would that potentially make them to finish without Celtic and Rangers? So where we actually seen the joy last year was Aberdeen not finishing best of the rest, sort of, mm. for example. So that's how that's how some punters like to, to to look at that market. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of markets available from the the bottom end of the table. We've got to finish bottom, uh, finish the bottom two. Do you have relegation prices, Paul? Not at the moment, no. It's it's the to finish bottom two, which is the closest the closest you'll get at the moment. It's, again, very difficult because you've got the playoffs, haven't you? Then then it involves yeah. the team finishing finishing the, the playoff yeah. position from the championship. So we would normally look to do that market around March time relegation. But again, it's you've then got to put in either price up all the teams or what we've done in the past is just say Premiership team, um, which. Which, which again, punters don't necessarily like to back because they like to know what team it is that they're getting running for them. So the bottom the moment, six market is probably a market I really like the look of, and I think I put on the channel probably two weeks ago and on Twitter that I felt Motherwell were a shoe in for bottom six this year. Um, various reasons for that. I don't think they've recruited that well. I think they're probably going to be in a well, arguably there's six other sides who could all finish in that top six, that, that, that last top six spot that we think there'll be. And I think Motherwell's last season obviously sneaked into the top six. I think Motherwell fans will probably even admit that themselves, that they're not expecting to have the best of campaigns. And the four to seven on them finishing bottom six, I thought was probably the standout bet that I've seen so far in terms of a, a short price banker. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a competitive market from a betting point of view that, you know, both of these finish bottom, finish uh, in the bottom two. Motherwell are, what, 15-8? Sorry, that's the wrong market I'm looking at. To finish bottom, Motherwell 91 to finish bottom two. 72, Greg? Yeah, I don't think they'll finish bottom or finish second bottom, but I just think for them to finish in the top, in the bottom six at four to seven, you're basically getting four to seven on them losing a four-horse race or a five-horse race. Mm. I just think either one of Kilmarnock, Dungeon United, Ross County, anyone else could finish above Motherwell for that last top six. And I think 47 is a tremendous price. I really do. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Motherwell will have much of a sustained run in Europe, you know, despite the fact that they have qualified for Europe. But um, it would be, be a major surprise if they managed to get to group stages from where they are. Who do they play if they uh, see off Sligo Rovers? It's just... It's Sparta, uh, Sparta Prague, yeah. is, or certainly they're the favourites in the, the the game that they're up against. Are they playing Viking, aren't they? Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. So, yeah. Like, so yeah, so I think Motherwell will probably play two rounds of football in Europe, Max, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the relegation markets, or the bottom end of the table markets, Paul, joint favourites you've got to finish bottom are Ross County and St Johnson. Now, Ross County finished top half last season so where's that price coming from is that purely based on the loss of Cook well I mean they were favourites to finish bottom last season and they were favourites to finish bottom probably even at Christmas time last season 
as Greg made the point earlier, the league last season was so strange that you only needed to put three wins together over <laughs> an eight-game period, and then you yeah. jumped, you jumped four or five spaces. So, I mean, I think Ross County, although they did great last season to finish in the top six, they weren't a top six side, and there was really probably only a, a, a four or five-week spell where they picked up a couple of wins that that allowed them to to progress up up the table. It's the old syndrome where second season syndrome back in the league, isn't it? I remember Ipswich finished fourth, um, finished fourth in the Premier League one season, and then they got relegated the next. So mm-hmm. that's really the thinking behind it. Um, if Ross County had finished fourth bottom last season, then you'd be looking at that and thinking, yeah, well they're justifiably favourites. Um, the problem with with Ross County is, from a betting perspective they're well supported in the transfer market so even if they are around the bottom two uh, at Christmas time you know that they're going to be they're going to yeah. be well funded in terms Roy McGregor of, opens exactly, up the wallet and exactly. they'll bring some new players in yeah they'll, they'll be added to that I mean Ross County were favourites on their own we've brought in St Johnson after the slow start and the the, the 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 cup competition so far so um I mean we're we're well, eleven to four Kilmarnock to finish in the bottom two and seven to one to finish bottom. I mean, I must admit that was based on other bookmakers' prices. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was pricing that up blind and I hadn't seen the other prices, then I'd have been a lot shorter than seven to one Kilmarnock. But when other bookies were nine ten to one, well, there was no need for us to go to go a whole lot shorter. We could still go well under the market and and offer seven to one because, I mean, Kilmarnock were awful last season. I know yeah. that they'll, they'll get well. They've been well supported in the the transfer market so far, and Derek McInnes is a good manager, so you'd be confident in in, in some some way of of being able to to put together some results in the league. But for me, that would be the value um, based on based on their their squad last season. Um, as I say, it's bigger elsewhere, so um, I would I wouldn't put people off backing backing them at that price. It's a market again. I don't really like um, who's going to finish bottom on the basis that there are literally three or four sides who could, and there's nothing much between the sides to be honest with you. So I know you're getting maybe three one four to one for some of the sides, but I think you're just hoping really out of four of them. I don't think you can call who can finish bottom because it, it literally could be any of St Johnston, St Mirren, Ross County, bring Livingston into the, into the equation, Kilmarnock. It's a difficult one. Mm-hmm. I think Paul makes a good case for Kilmarnock though. I mean, they were yeah, absolutely. dreadful last season considering the resources that were available to them. And again, McInnes came in and got them over the line, I suppose you could say. Um, the most fascinating addition for me in the Kilmarnock squad is Alan Power who has left St Mirren, but fortunately not left the Scottish Premiership. And from a card's point of view, he's always one that we keep an eye out for, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but he's always a terrible price. He's always like <laughs> evens now. Paul's laughing. Um, yeah, Casino, he, casinos. <laughs> <laughs> don't get much of a price on Alan Power. A bit like uh, Van Veen at Motherwell. I think he hit 15 bookings last season, Van Veen. He actually got more bookings than goals last season, Van Veen. He's a player I like, to be fair. Do you know but, what? That, that would be a great market. You, you know, you've got your top goal scorer, actually. Your most uh, most carded player would be a good market. Murray Davidson would be up there. Murray Davidson yeah. would be a dead set if he was to play most weeks. <laughs> I'd like to see you price that one up, Paul. Uh, hard enough pricing up player to be carded, Paul, let alone <laughs> price up which, team, which players are going to get the most cards. 
Well, it does do, doesn't it? It takes us on to what my probably best bet, other than Motherwell finish bottom six, is Livingston to finish bottom two, or at at 9-2. Yeah. That jumped out to me purely on the price. So I'm not being disrespectful to Livingston, but every season, a bit like Hamilton to a certain extent, you'd always fancy Livingston. They could always have a bad season, Livingston. Yeah. It's in them to have a bad season. To be fair to them, they haven't. They've done really well. They've had a good season last season. They definitely defy the odds each year because they, the, they are the smallest club in the league based on fan base and financially. But I think 92 to finish second bottom, or sorry, finishing the bottom two, I think it's a massive price. I don't think you can ignore that. I think that should be probably two to one, maybe three to one. But nine to two, I am all over that. Yeah, and this is, is this Martin Dale's third season as manager there. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, I think so. And he, as you say, he just keeps kind of defying the odds. What do you think? First season as first season as manager, he's been there ten years, and I think by by all accounts, he was the he was really the manager, and, and but um, other people were were actually had the job title. Um, Gary Holt, for example. Yeah, I think when he was assistant manager, apparently he was making all the decisions anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's been there's been good consistency in there. I don't think too many people are doing that um, bottom two finish market. So that again, it makes it a wee bit trickier to price up. Um, we are ninety two. I know Sky better ninety two. So so really, that we're we're around the same price as that. Um, for me, though, I think Martindale is a great manager. I think he he knows how to play tactically against the teams and the uh, the teams around him. He's always capable of getting points against the the better teams as as well. So that's why we're happy enough to to have them at a bigger price than 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 the rest of the teams. Um, and I'm more than happy to take it on, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's as you say, it's one of the, one of those markets where. We actually laid Livingston to finish bottom two or three seasons ago in the same vein as Ross County here. They're always capable of throwing in a throwing in a bad season. So we like to think we're over that that area of Livingston where they're going to have that bad season because they're now consistently in the league. They know what's what's required of them. Um, but as Greg says, the, the difference between the teams at this lower level is there's not much between them. So anyone could finish in that in that bottom two. I mean, we've actually laid Hibernian at 16-1 to 1 this morning to finish in the bottom two. I mean, again, I think that's it. That's probably just people basing on the, the way that things have started for them. I don't mind laying that, that, that price at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as, as we, we saw, saw last season, it just needs Aberdeen. We're, we're looking quite close to that second bottom uh, at one stage, um, and, and it is possible for one of these teams just to to be so bad, getting a bit of a bit of a rot, and uh, and and just can't pick up points. Yeah, and often down the bottom of the table, it can come down to having a, a goal scorer in your team. Paul, uh, last season, obviously Ross County had Regan Charles Cook, I think, finished joint top goal scorer with Jack and Marcus, um, which takes us on to the the top goal scorer market. Is there anyone from out with Celtic and Rangers that you think is worth a look at in that market? Do you know what? This market is just the hardest market to price <laughs> up. Because in the fact that, as you said last season, 15 goals. 15 mm, yeah. goals enough so to win it. Yeah, so yeah. you're now looking at it and thinking, well, 15 goals is going to win it. Then 15 goals might finish second or third. So you've therefore got some decent 
decent yeah, each way value to go. And then you're looking at the, the Celtic and Rangers players. You don't even have to look out with the Celtic and Rangers, Paul, for a bit of value. One of the Celtic midfielders could get 15, 15 yeah, goals. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, what, what price do you put him at? And so we were the first out with this market. And I think the quite a lot of people were waiting for this market to, to get priced up because they were looking at the, these players and thinking, right, well, what price will he be? Um, the boy who we've laid to start off with is um, Medea for Celtic. Um, striker, so not a midfielder, but nevertheless not your your number one or two striker. We put him in at 25 to 1 to start with, which was probably a little bit too big. He's now trimmed into 16 to 1. We've laid Jota at 25 to 1. We've laid, boys are asking for a price on Matt O'Reilly to be top goal scorer. Um, we've laid a bit of him at 50 to 1. So then you're looking at these new players that Rangers have signed as well, and you're thinking, oh, Ryan Kent is well, obviously he's not a new signing, but but he's 66 to one yeah. to to potentially get, and then the worst one of all is James James Tavier at, at 16 to one to be the top goal scorer. So when you're putting in a right back uh, <laughs> as, as 16 to one, uh, it just shows you what's such a difficult market to to, to price up. Um, it's not a market I can get involved in, to be fair. I think you look through the prices, and there are some meaty prices in there. Liam Boyce is twenty-eight to one, but ultimately, for me, you, you have to look at a Rangers or Celtic player who's going to be top of the goal-scoring charts. Uh, Kyle Lafferty is forty to one with yourself, Paul. We keep forty to one. Um, Ramirez for Aberdeen, twenty to one. Lauren Shanklin's now obviously joined Hearts. He's at sixteen to one. Yeah, I do well, think that's... these guys will score goals, but I just don't think they're going to score enough. <laughs> Well, that was why we pushed Boyce out because Shanklin joined joined yesterday, so we assumed that he was going to be the the number one striker. I mean, some boy asked for Stephen Kingsley of, of Hearts yesterday, and you're looking at him thinking, well, eighty one he is, yeah, and you're thinking to yourself, I mean, it's such a difficult one. What price you put him? He might get might get ten penalties, sort of thing, because that's the other thing that's that's interesting. Obviously, VAR into the Premiership so next season, and we've seen how many more penalties there were in the English Premier League um, when when VAR came in. So I think a few people are looking at the penalty takers for each team, and um, are thinking that there could be some some value in them. So that's a little thing. Who's going to be taking the, the penalties for for the the lesser teams as such? Ramirez yeah. at Aberdeen, twenty to one. Um, you'd imagine it will be. Um, James Tavernier for Rangers sixteen to one. So that that that's the thinking behind that. I guess at this stage of the season, Paul, the transfer window doesn't shut until I think September the first. So this could look a very different list by the time you know we get to that stage of the season. And even when you think back to Jack Amakis last season, I think he was going to later arrival at Celtic and still managed to finish top goal scorer there as well. So it's a really kind of fluid market at this stage. My yeah. advice would be not to concern yourself with the top goalscorer markets. There's plenty of other stuff to get involved in. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which brings me perfectly on to the sack race. Uh, first manager to leave their post in the Premiership. But Paul, we've kind of spoke about some of these managers already. Let's discuss Callum Davidson before Greg gets started on him, shall we? Yeah, I mean, again, we've put the prices up today and... and Already four or five different managers are getting quoted as, as being good value. The only reason we put Davidson in it as the favourite is because he was under pressure last season. And I think, obviously, if, if if they never won the two cups, he would have probably been sacked. But, I mean, he did win the two cups, so that's why he, he wasn't sacked. But 
but how long is that credit going to last in the bank? Greg's the best man to, to answer that question. But uh, I think if they start slowly, start slowly this year, then he's definitely going to be be under pressure. So he's, he's rightly the favourite. If we'd have priced this up four weeks ago, before the, the cup competition started, then Lee Johnson probably would have been about a 16-1 chance. They've had a terrible cup cup competition, so he's in a 4-1 second favourite. This market, in two weeks' time, can be completely flipped on its head. If Motherwell get beat by Sligo Rovers in the in the, the, the Europa League this the, over the next two weeks, then Alexander will be coming in. So, um, great markets from a PR perspective very very difficult to price up from a from a an odds compiling perspective yeah. i think what's interesting sorry just from the davison point of view is he's actually a longest serving manager in the premiership at the moment <laughs> i think what saves him is the fact that steve brown is unlikely to sack him anytime soon so we do have a really tough run of games at the start of the season but i don't think steve brown's going to get part with him um October, November time, no chance before then, whereas some other clubs might pull the trigger a bit sooner. So I think Paul's right. I think Callum Davison is rightly favourite, but I don't think he will be first to go, regardless of how he got on this season. Who looks the most vulnerable then for you, Greg? I don't know. I think Lee Johnson's an interesting one, but Hibs aren't going to get shot at him. When you say that, I mean, they got rid of Sean Maloney pretty quickly. Yeah, I think this time they might give at least for Christmas anyway, and I would expect someone to go by Christmas. Graham Alexander's one for me who always seems to get a result to save his neck. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't too far away last season, was he? Was, at times. He was very close on a number of occasions. Just due to the fact that we're going on eight game losing runs, they won a match. But pressure relieved. Um I think as Paul said, how they perform in Europe will also probably help. If you can get a positive result against Sligo. Uh, tonight and next week gives them a bit of breathing space but that's how fickle it is though you only need a couple of bad results in the fans turn but I think Graham Alexander could be one just based on the fact that I don't think Motherwell have got a great squad this season quite light on numbers they've not recruited many people this season so he could be an outside chance um, first to go but it's very difficult and while we're on these markets uh, Paul are these the kind of markets where you get not so much a heads up but you'll start to see money particular managers build up over a period of time um, so you kind of know that it's coming you know no basically what will happen is is if if you if you're slow in updating the price Paul and that's why you've got to be on the ball with this particular market if you don't notice that somebody's had two or three bad results because you've taken your eye off the ball then you'll see some money for it and you'll think oh that's because they've they've lost that game or or they're, they're under pressure there so you've really got to be on top of these markets this is why i mean i think we've actually got a 50 pound limit on this market because it's it's just opened once the season starts this will be like a next manager market where we'll drop it down to 25 pound mm-hmm. and that's because the inside information will come yeah. the amount of times we'll get a message on on twitter or, or an email saying have you got a price for the next manager to be sacked and then you look on Twitter 20 minutes later and somebody's already been punted. Um, so um, we use this market purely for, for PR purposes. When there's a result that's 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 happened that, that's quite topical, then we'll 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 reprice it up. It's not a market which we'll we'll reprice up every every single week. We will for the first couple of weeks of the season because that's when it's most topical. But 
we will introduce it throughout the season uh, as results come and go rather than keeping it up to date because you could have a, uh, could have nothing happening for the six, for six months of the season and it's you don't want to waste too much time pricing it up. Stephen Robinson is another one to be fair who hasn't had a great start to the season. I don't think when he came in and took over from Goodwin at St Mirren, they were really struggling. I think they needed a win at St Johnston to keep to stay up and remove themselves from the relegation battle. So he's another one. He already looks like a man under pressure. I must say, Stephen Robinson, going by mm-hmm. the reviews, already beaten by our growth, beaten by Airdrie at the weekend there. He will be another one. I think between Stephen Robinson and Alexander, 7-1 to one and 8-1 to one is probably your best bet in terms of the price. Yeah, and what I would say about the Simon results so far, those are two tricky games are both really good season last season. Airdrie didn't have a bad season either, even though you know they were a, a week further down. Not that I'm condoning anything that you know the results that have gone St Mirren's way so far, but compare that to Aberdeen, who are in a relatively comfortable, straightforward group. Again, I think important not to read too much into the pre-season League Cup stuff so far. Tell that, tell that to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's also interesting, though, now because of social media, it's important as well how much the managers are coming across, what they're saying, um, how they're reacting to defeats, and I think that was. Ian Cathro really started that, how badly he came across yeah, as a manager. Yeah, Sean yeah. Maloney was coming across terribly in, in all his interviews. Mm. I mean, um, the Dundee United manager, uh, Tam Court. I mean, he came across terribly, but he's went and got himself a fantastic job elsewhere. Um, but but thankfully for him, he was getting results that was keeping, that was mm-hmm. keeping the pressure off him. Uh, so I think in this day and age, even a, a little clip on on social media could put a manager under pressure if they're, if it looks like they're they're they're, they're talking a lot of rubbish. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's maybe a market we'll keep an eye on just as the the first couple of weeks of the season unfold and see how the prices develop on those. Is there anything else you want to touch on in terms of Premiership side of things? Obviously, Paul, you mentioned VAR. What can impact? Do you think that's going to have this season? Well, obviously it wasn't due to come in until after after the World Cup, but I think I read an article yeah. during the week that they might be trying to get it through for, for October. So, um, I mean, it caused, certainly from a, a penalty point of view, uh, there, there were more penalties awarded. So, again, nothing really from an anti-post perspective unless you could find somebody in, in the top goal-scorer market that will be on penalties. But certainly once the... Once it's introduced, then look out for for will there be a penalty in the game, um, or even even worse, will there be a goal disallowed? Well, I don't, well we don't <laughs> offer that market, thankfully. But yeah, that's the sort of thing. Um, players that are players that are taking penalties. I mean, we do the scorers in the in the the lower leagues, and that's one that we've always got to keep keep our keep our eye on which which person's taking the penalties this week mm-hmm. you could get a guy who and obviously even worse when you don't know that they're going to be taking the penalties because they've been doing it in training and all of a sudden you're laying money on a 40 to 1 chance uh, anytime scorer at 16 to 1 and then you think I bet he's on the penalties yeah yeah anything for you Greg in terms of markets or no it just came to the season to start I think these League Cup games are just a bit of a early season taster but yeah the real action starts uh, a week on Saturday I'm yeah. really looking forward to all four leagues starting 
Yep, can't wait. Uh, we'll have a real look at the Scottish Championship. As you say, Paul, you've got a uh, first goal scorer market. Sorry, top goal scorer market's priced up for the lower leagues, which is tremendous. We'll maybe touch on those as well. In terms of the Championship, Dundee are clear favourites at even money with yourselves, Paul. Um, Partick Thistle's second favourites at 5-1, to one, followed by Inverness, and they're both at 10-1. to one. Yeah, I mean, we've put Dundee in it evens. I mean, I think there's as big as two to one available elsewhere, which I think is a is a massive price. We're basing that very much on the fact that the teams were so bad in that championship last season. Mm. And because Kilmarnock, we I mean, it took that long to go over the line, but the, the they should have been able to win that league quite easily. I mean, it might come back to bite us. Dundee might be just as rubbish as, as the rest of the teams, but you'd like to think that they've got enough about them um, in order to be able to beat a lot of the teams, and then and then it really comes down to how they could play against the teams that are that are that are sitting near them at the at the top of the table. So that evens is actually the shortest price. Um, we wanted to go odds on, but again, we don't need to go odds on when when other other bookies are are two to one, seven to four, etc. Um, so that means that we are offering top price on on the other ones, um, but we are six to one in Furness. That that that's Clear top price actually. Four to one's the the the. the four actually, Paul. Eleven four one other bookies, yeah. But I'm saying yeah. four to one's the where, where William Hill's at other top price. So, I mean that actually might be a little bit too big because they've started the the season quite well with their 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 cup cup run. But um, they finished off last season very well in Venice. They went on a yeah. horrible run, almost to the point where Billy Dodds is probably going to get sacked. But they picked up at a great end of the season and they obviously lost to St Johnson in the playoff. As Paul said, they've started the season well so far and 6-1 to one does look big. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting league. I just Is that even money justified, Greg, on Dundee? No, no. Um, definitely not. I've, you I've told me looking... earlier it was, Greg, so is this just because you don't want uh, to, to suck up to the Dundee fans? <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> no, I think even in this league, it is a poor league, but... I'd be looking for a lot more than evens in Dundee, I must say. But it's the same thing as Paul said. It's a, it's a poor league. There's no outstanding teams in this league. What I would say is Arbroath, 10-1, won't be anywhere near it. Hamilton, 10-1, I think they can struggle next season. Hamilton, Cove's an interesting one, 14s. What I would say is Wraith Rovers at 16-1 to is a massive price. I don't think Wraith Rovers will win the league. But in terms of the prices that I've seen so far, that's the one that stands out the most in terms of Paul with some value. I think McBookie has them at 10 to 1, which is probably right. But Bet Thesis 5 have Wraith Rovers at 16 to 1, which is bigger than Hamilton and Arbroath and Cove. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of mistakes in there somewhere. Yeah, I also think Queen's Park's quite an interesting dynamic in that league as well. You know, very ambitious club in terms of where really hockey wants to take them. Still got issues at Lesser Hamden. I think they're playing at Oakleview just now. I don't know when they're due to go back to, to Lesser Hamden. Uh, but the favourites to go down, I guess, Paul, based on the price that they are um, in terms of the outright market. We, we don't do to finish bottom in, yeah. in these lower leagues, but you're right. Based on the, the actual outright prices, they'd be, they'd be favourites to go down again. The playoff teams last season that coming up from the the League One to the the, the Championship, you would never expect Dunfermline to have to have lost that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why Queens Park are, are such a big price. I think Queens Park is be decent next season. I don't think they'll go down. 
I think they're trying to do some good things at Queen's Park. They've got the money to do it. They've started the season off very well. Be very intrigued to see how they got on. It's going to be a fascinating league. I don't think league. I don't think the championship is going to be a league to be backing teams to win, because I think there's going to be so many surprising results. Anybody in this league in their day could be anyone. I think it's going to be a really tricky league to bet on. Yeah, always is. To be fair. Yeah, that's why we'll probably stick with goals and corners. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of the the goal scorer market, I know we're kind of shied away from it in the Premiership. We'll probably do the same here in the Championship. Is there anyone worth looking at there? We've spoke before the podcast, Greg, about our old pal Mitch Meganson uh, now playing Championship football. He's ten to one, and his partner in the crime, Ronnie McAllister, sixteen to one for Cove. Yeah, I think Zach Rodden leads the way. I'm not sure why. I don't think he's got a proven goal scoring record yet. But there's two players that I really like to look of. One is Billy Mackay, who feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. Um, he must be approaching his mid to late 30s, I'd I'm, imagine. I'm, I'm sure at one point last season I actually Googled it to make sure it was the same Billy Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> he's been about Billy Mackay. He's been at both uh, Highland clubs, but he's back at Inverness. He'll score goals. Brian Graham's another one for Thistle. If they have a good season, uh, Brian Graham takes penalties too. So I'd expect both of these players to be up there at the end of the season, both at six to one. But yeah, I'm not having Zach Rodden at five to one, I'm afraid. But I mean, interestingly there, Park Thistle have just announced Danny Mullen as a, a new sign-in. So he would obviously could easily score the most goals in the in, in the championship next season. So I think for the although you were saying there's going to be a lot of movement in the, the, the Premiership, I actually don't think there, there will be. It'll be the, I think Celtic and Rangers probably signed their strikers. These lower leagues are going to be completely mm-hmm. different because there's going to be more signings coming between now and the, the start of the season. And not just new signings, but the loan signings is the is the, the interesting one. If you could get um, a boy Jack Hamilton, for example, came on loan from Livy to to a couple of teams in, in the, the lower leagues and was top goal scorer up until up until he then got called back from Livingston and then and then got moved on as well. So um, the the loan players coming in from from Premiership sides to these lower leagues as well will have an impact on it. So. Best of best to wait until as close to the kickoff season as possible before having your top goal scorer bets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then sorry, Greg, just one more I wanted to touch on with Simon Murray, someone we've mentioned a few times in terms of uh, you know played Premiership level with Hibs, dropped down to go to Queens Park. But I'm just looking at his goal scoring record, and it's probably not as good as you thought it, it probably should be at that level. He only scored nine goals uh, last season. I think. Yeah, I think Queens Park were pretty poor last season. To be fair, they were. 20 odd points by Neardrie in the league in terms of the playoff. So I think Queen's Park can probably count themselves quite lucky they got promoted last season. Mm. But they started the season well this year, and again, it'll be fascinating to see how they got on and Cove in, in the championship. Yeah. Okay. League One for me looks probably the most competitive. Uh, well, I know price wise would suggest that League Two as well, but in League One we've got Falkirk, Dunfermline, who have obviously dropped down, Queen's South as well, Airdrie, who have started the season well, then throw into the mix, you've got Kelty, uh, Montrose, obviously would be there or thereabouts as well. It's going to, you know, it's surely, surely we say this every season, is this Falkirk's time to come back up, Greg? <laughs> um, do you know what? They've got the manager in place now. I do like John McGlynn. I think he's going to do a good job. They've started the season well. Recruitment-wise, 
they've signed some decent players, to be fair. They've signed a lot of players who've got experience at a higher level, who've come from premiership clubs. I know some of them are probably younger players, but if it's going to be their year, you'd have to imagine this could be their year, albeit they're going to have a fight in their hands against rivals Dunfermline, who are 11-4. to But, yeah, for me, it's a two-horse race. Kelty Hearts at 7-1. to I don't know. I don't know how Kelty Hearts will get on in this league. I just think Falkirk and Dunfermline will be too good for Kelty Hearts. Um, but, yeah, I do think Falkirk at 7-2 to win the league best place, I think that is isn't the worst of shouts. They were nine to two when markets came out, and the old Paul had them at nine to two, and quickly changed that <laughs> after a few hours. <laughs> I think it was because though it was definitely the the John McGlynn effect on that. I think if there was anyone else who was managing Falkirk, I don't think it would have laid them. In fact, God one one customer who said he was basically backing them specifically because he feels that that John McGlynn is worth five or six points in that, that league that league alone. And actually, you see how they've performed so far in the, in the cup competitions, that, that that's probably probably very much the case. Yeah. Um, so we are now favourites then, five to two, mainly because we've laid them at nine to two. I know that, as you say, there are seven to two available. Um, and we've been impressed with them in the, the, the cup competition so far as well. Although they've obviously they've obviously drew, drew last night, didn't they? Um, yes. So again, how fair, much... the beat Hibs that doesn't really count, does it? Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we, we were saying how bad Hibs have started, so it, you can't read too much into these these competitions. I mean, I actually really fancied Queen of the South for uh, for this league in terms of value, not necessarily thinking that the, the, they were going to win it. And then, of course, they got beat on their first cup, cup first cup game against Annan, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, maybe maybe Queen of the South aren't going to do as well well as I thought they would and then they've had a couple of great results in it so as we've, we've said already don't read too much into the into the League Cup wait and see how they start the, the, the League campaigns and then and then look to, to make your judgement on that but if there is a bit of value there I do think I do think it's Queen of the South I mean a couple of bookies are, are doing win only on this market which is a little bit naughty yeah, um, it's very naughty yeah. so I mean you're getting 11 to 2 on them win only Um but yeah, that that if I was looking for a bit of value, it would it would be them. Somebody who I know really fancies Alawa each way at fourteen to one. Um, I think Alawa could be decent next season. Yeah. What I would say is there's going to be some cricket scores because I think Peterhead and Clyde are going to be absolute whipping boys next season, uh, especially when they go away to Falkirk and Dunfermline. So I think there's going to be some a real difference in quality between the sides at the top of the league and those at the bottom but yeah. definitely more so this season because I think Peterhead have really struggled so far they've had an awful uh, pre-season and cup campaign really struggling to recruit players they lost 18 players last season in terms of the turnaround and Clyde were similar they've lost 16 players brought a 16 in or something like that so it'll be very fascinating to see how that pans out but what it does do early in the season it should give us a bit of value on back in teams like Falkirk and Dunfermline and Queen of the South against your likes, your Peter Hayes and your Clydes. Mm-hmm. I think what's really fascinating, Paul, is that over the course of the last four or five seasons, we've seen a kind of change in the landscape in Scottish football. And you've had the likes of Cove Rangers, Kelty, this season we've got Bonnie Rig coming up. Uh, we've seen the difference with Queen's Park changing from an amateur team to professional, a wee bit of money behind them. And I just wonder how difficult that makes from a bookie's point of view in terms of trying to price up some of these markets. You know, where where do you price Kelty? You know, they ran away with that, that division uh, 
League Two last season, and they're now in obviously a level up with the likes of Falkirk yeah. and Fairland. You know, teams who are well established, but do they have the funds that Kelty have got, for example? Or, I think, I think I think it's slightly easier once they're moving up the levels. It's that when they're in the League Two, that, that's the real problem, and or when the Lowland or Highland team are playing the the bottom of the the League One and the League Two team for for the the playoffs. There's not much difference between between these these teams at that level. Once they start moving up, and I know that that Cove did win the 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 league last season but it really all depends on how much money are they going to pump into them that's mm-hmm. that's the key aspect of it look at Edinburgh Edinburgh City FC Edinburgh this season and a good solid a good solid club in terms of, of how they're run but no one was really putting huge amounts of money in them so it needed a couple of years for them to to actually get promoted whereas Kelly Hearts are getting getting a lot of money put into them so they're able to jump up quite quickly same with Cove Rangers the, the year before that's why when we'll come on to Bonnie Rig later, they're not getting a huge amounts of money getting put into them. So they, they're basing it on how, how well a club that they are run behind mm-hmm. the scenes that is allowing them to, to, to progress up the ladder. So you've really got to look at that. But that's actually why, and I don't want to be a, a real party pooper, uh, <laughs> but that's why I wasn't actually too overly impressed by Arbroath's run last season. And, oh, what a great achievement it would be. And, of course, listen, it would be a great achievement for a... For a part-time club to be to, to to get promoted to the Premier League, but ultimately these guys are a lot of them are full-time, but they're playing part-time part-time football now, and that's certainly the case. All that's happening is guys who have played in the Premier League two years ago, they're now dropping down to, well, they're even dropping down to the Lowland League. I mean, look at Kurt Broadfoot went went and signed yeah, for uh, Open Open Gold Brew Hill. So yeah. I mean, they're, they're it's not a theatre was made out to be was it no no I don't think so I mean obviously the, the Arbroath there are a, the, a few guys there that are doing uh, that, that are doing proper jobs but a lot of them are are, are fitness instructors so they're able to they're able <laughs> yeah. to keep I don't say that's not a proper job but what I'm meaning is it's you're, it's easy to keep fit if you're a fitness instructor in terms of being able to to um, to then go and play football during during the weekend on on a Saturday, so I do think I do think that the guys who are playing at Arbroath more than capable of playing for Dunfermline, playing for Falkirk, who were full time for playing for the the other teams in the in in the the championship who were full time. So I think I think that it works for them uh, playing in a part time part time team, mm-hmm. and I think that is the case with, with with this as well. A lot of the Kelly Hearts players. Um, I mean, Joe Cardo, for example, obviously yeah. getting on a little bit. I mean, he's, he's been full- really. Well, yeah, that's it. He's been playing full time. I mean, I don't, I don't know actually what he does for a living now. He might still be actually full time for for Kelty. Maybe he's doing uh, doing a bit of, bit of coaching or what have you. I'm not not actually sure. But and a lot of these teams now are, are they're they're in full time in all but name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just uh, sorry to digress. Just going back to the sack race, Paul. I know you. We both at the same time put out a tweet on your markets for first miles to leave the post. Quite a lot of interesting comments about it. Um, one guy, Harry's just replied saying, those Jim Goodman odds and a happy face at 21. So although we're talking about Aberdeen doing well this season and they've spent some money, as Paul said at the start of the podcast, Aberdeen did not improve at all when he came in last season. And he probably needs to have a good start to the season. If Aberdeen are struggling come October, November time, there'll be a mass, mass number of Aberdeen fans 
looking for him to go. So at the moment, no one's wrong, no one's right, but it's going to be fascinating to see how things pan out in the first half of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sorry, so just on the um, just on the League One market, then in terms of outright, outright, are either of you prepared to to call a winner on it? I will go for Falkirk to edge it. My, initially, I was Dunfermline, but I think they've got a smaller squad than Fermline. I think Falkirk might just edge this. Paul? Oh. I'm going to go for Queen of the South. I'm going to stick with them with my original, my original one. Um, yeah, going to go with Queen of the South. If Queen okay. of the South win that league, Paul, I'll buy a Dundee strip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will live live podcast on YouTube <laughs> that week, Greg. Definitely, yes. yes. Uh, okay, we'll move on to League Two and I'm looking at the market now, I'm guessing there's been a wee bit of money even while we're talking, Paul, on Bonnie Rig Rose because the market's moved a wee bit with three teams at 4-1 to one earlier today. Bonnie Rig Rose are now 72, Dumbarton 92, 4-92. for 92. Well, it's moved because I put it on the channel. That's <laughs> Yeah, so I think this league's very, very difficult. The market, the market suggests that the prices suggest that. Such a difficult league. There's no outstanding team in here. There's probably a number of teams you can probably exclude who won't be up there challenging. But I guess the two that stand out for me are Bonnie Rig Rose. I, they're four to one in at seventy-two. Started the campaigns relatively well so far. I just think they could be the best of a bad bunch. To be fair. Mm-hmm. I think Stenhouse Muir have also recruited pretty well. I don't think they'll be that far off. But you then got Dumbarton that came down last season. Forfer shouldn't be that far off. But I just think between Bonnie Rigg and Stenhouse Muir will be the two teams to look out for in that league. But I'm opting for Bonnie Rigg Rose at 4-1. to Yeah, and as we kind of touched on, Paul, that Bonnie Rigg's quite a difficult one to price up. Yeah, I mean, I actually had them in a... a on my tissue, I had them in a third favourites for right. for that league, so that's why we're, we're reasonably happy to 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 lay them at, at, at top price. Um, because of what I just said earlier, they've not got huge amounts of money behind them, so they're they're slightly different from a, from a Kelly Hearts who were in at six to four evens odds on before the the, the season even started. Um, but listen, there could there could be there could be anything, and that's that's the problem with. With this league, you just because Cove Rangers have done it, because Kelty have done it, you're just expecting Bonnie Rigg to be able to to, to compete at this this mm-hmm. level quite easily. Uh, and they've had some good results in the cup competition so far, which which would suggest they are going to be quite comfortable. Um, I mean, the Stenhouse Muir price was the one that, that caught us by surprise. I mean, um, they were in at four to one second favourites. We've got them six to one fifth favourites. Um, so. I know Greg's just said that they might have a have a good season, but um, that that was the the the, the price that, that shocked me. The the one that I have missed out on now, but Anne and Athletic yeah. had a good good season last season. They've started the season well. I mean, they were fourteen at one with Skybet uh, yeah. just two weeks ago, and lo and behold, didn't get on it. And then they had a good result in the cup. They were an eight to one. And the value's um, gone, isn't it? The value's gone. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think necessarily think it's gone, but um, and, and I may well, I may well still include them in a couple of accumulators. Um, but I guess if you're looking at them at eight to one, if they opened at eight to one, you probably wouldn't have looked at that, would you? 
Exactly. 16s is great, the 14s is great. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that this should be a double a double no. figure price. No, um, definitely not. So another one that, that somebody's mentioned to me that, that that's opinion I, I respect is Sterling Albion. And we've actually still got them at, at quite a big price, but um the manager's obviously got the experience of winning this league with East Fife in the past. So um the but Darren Young, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they, he knows exactly what's needed. And again, you're looking at the teams and all teams will be capable of beating all teams at this league. So it'll, it'll all really depend on who goes on the best run, who could keep their consistency up. And I know that's an obvious thing to say about how a team wins the league, but um, that, that, that really is what you're trying to find out when you're um, when you're trying to find a winner. Yeah, and I think when you're talking about Lisa Stalin up and at 16-1, obviously you're going each way three places on that as well. Yes. Yeah. So good. Okay. Um, anything else we want to cover before we start to wrap up in terms of our anti-post bets? Anything from you, Greg? No, it was really good actually. It was a good walkthrough, and I think yeah, time time will tell. I, yeah. I do you think there are some really good uh, opportunities out there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you just give us a wee recap of the bets that you've picked out so far from an anti-post point of view? Yeah, so in terms of what I've shared in the channel, um, I've shared Motherwell a couple of weeks ago to finish in the bottom six at four to seven, and that's actually a super nap, and that is limited to one to two. Um, I'm also going to suggest to back Aberdeen to finish top six at four to nine, but in terms of the actual bets, I've taken Livingston to finish in the bottom two at nine to two, and I'm also taking Bonnie Rig Rose to win Division Two at four to one and finally i guess aberdeen to be best of the rest in the scottish premiership at nine to two also as a bit of a value bet yeah okay paul are you prepared to name your colors to the mask in terms of some anti-post bets for us well i'll be back in queen of the south i'll be back in annan and i'll be back in aberdeen without selkin rangers and that'll be my treble. That'll be a tremendous treble, that, Paul. Yeah, we'll know half. I have a bit of that myself. Okay, doke. That's us for this week's podcast. Um, don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg, where you can also find details of how to join his private betting channel. Keep an eye out for a special season ticket offer, which will be launching next week, Greg. Yeah, season starts next week, so we'll be doing the uh, year's access for the Pace of Nine um, starting next week. Yep, and if you don't already have a mcbookie.com account, then make sure you head over to Paul's site there for a wee bet on Scottish football. Paul's always got some best prices throughout the season on Scottish football. And if you sign up, you can get uh, 20. Bet 5 and get 20. Is that the current offer, Paul? Bet 5, get 20, yeah. Yeah, so that's quite a nice wee offer. Not many of those around these days, Paul. <laughs> Scottish residents only remember Paul so that keeps it under control <laughs> oh Strudy's in Scotland you're a brave man uh, <laughs> thanks very much for your time Paul really appreciate it um, no worries we will get you back on the podcast throughout the season probably and no doubt um, grill you on some of your anti-post <laughs> tips that you've given us today um, and that's us for this week's podcast there will be a Norwegian podcast that's released before the, uh, the weekend so keep an eye out for that thanks very much for listening and best of luck with your bets in Scotland this season yeah, thank you and good luck.